evening and welcome to you. I usually say a Sunday night viewing, but of course it's not Sunday night tonight. It is indeed Tuesday, the 27th of December. You have joined us here at Jersnet, the Rangers podcast made by fans for fans to discuss a really busy festive um, period for Rangers, as you'd expect, on the park, off the pitch, lots going on um, in both uh, of these areas the last week or so. So um, tonight, Lots to discuss. My name's Scott Patterson. As always, you're very welcome. Thanks for joining us. We should say hello to Stuart Weir, who was who will join us at, at some point. He is there, I assure you. Hi, Stuart. Can you hear us? I can hear you loud and clear. Seeing seeing me is another problem. <laughs> that, listen, it, it, it wouldn't be a podcast without me having some, you know, issues with my camera and the lights. But anyway, we'll get there. We'll look forward to you joining us. And Ian Duff <laughs> joins us as well tonight. Hi, Ian. How are you? There we go. There we go. Technical problems for me <laughs> as well. <laughs> what is Nothing to do with the uh, Christmas excesses, I'm sure. Oh, that's it. Listen, we've all been there. We should say, of course, um, a belated Merry Christmas to all our viewers. If you are watching tonight, I hope you have a fantastic time. Busy, as I think we all know, but I hope everyone's had a great time. So, um, Ian, we'll start with you. It's obviously a really busy um, festive schedule with Hibs at Ibrox, then two trips up to um, the north of the country. I think... Even after Gio left and Michael Beale came in, it was it, there were three games. I think not necessarily Hibs game, but the trips up to Aberdeen and Dingwall were things that games that you thought mm, I don't know if I fancy that this close to Christmas, you know. Yeah, I think we're all uh, all three of them. I think were probably quite tricky uh, fixtures and easily uh, games that we could have tripped up on, and you know we came close to to doing that, to be honest. But uh, <laughs> but you know. Uh, Fair play, they uh, they they pulled it off in the end, and uh, we've come out relatively positively at the, the, the three. Well, very positively at the three games. Uh, you could argue about the performances, but definitely the the results. Sure, the um the one that kind of the, the Dingwall trip, I think, was the one that I was a bit I was probably most concerned about, just because of, of how it sat for maybe the fans going up and maybe dragging them through the game. It, having to get up there to Dingwall and back so close to Christmas, etc. That was actually the game I was a wee bit more concerned about. I don't know what you felt going into that game, particularly after Aberdeen and how we scraped by up at Bataudry. Yeah, I always think going to Dingwall, it's one of these places that never really lends itself um, to a comfortable visit. Um, it's either Ross County are up for it or it's windy or it's wet or it's whatever it is, you know. Yeah. And I think I think that part of it makes it makes it difficult in itself. Add to that the fact that the two previous games that Rangers had played had looked like something out of the Globetrotters. You know, you score, then you score, and then eventually you win. And <laughs> I, I think I think that made it you know a tad more exciting than it should have been. Yeah. But all in all, uh, a successful you know couple of uh, uh, away trips, um, as you say, to the furthest most corners of the Scottish Premier League. Absolutely. So listen, before we get into the, the nuts and bolts of Friday night, I want to say a, a special hi to our friends at Forest Precision Engineering, subcontract Glasgow-based engineering company who have been supporters of the club both commercially and like you and I are for many, many years now. And we're honoured to have them back in the pod 
this season. You can check them out online, forestprecisioneng.com. That's forestprecisioneng.com, two hours in forest. Don't forget, you can also visit their Precision Executive Lounge, which is a new hospitality area within the main stand at Ibrox. Beautiful facility, we have to say. If you want to book, then you can. Um, take the opportunity and send hospitality at rangers.co.uk an email and you may be lucky enough to get in and sit for a game in the last half of the season. Um, Ian, the team news from Ross County, I think, raised a few eyebrows on Friday. Certainly in the WhatsApp chat for for the, the Jersnet guys it did, we were a bit surprised maybe to know that Alan McGregor wasn't going to be starting, of course, at that point. I think a lot of people felt it was maybe going to be dropped because of the free kick at Aberdeen. Um, turns out it was ill. McLaughlin comes in, but there also starts for Ben Davies, importantly, which we'll come to in a second. Scott Arfield started after his exploits at Pataudry, um, and John Lundstrom came in as well. Was there anything about the starting lineup that made you think this just adds to the complexity of it a little bit, to be honest? One mute again. Yeah, get there eventually. <laughs> uh, it's been a while. It's been rusty. It's a, it's a good six weeks since we've since we've been doing this. Um, I, I mean, I, you don't want to be forced into changes, do you? Really, that's the thing. So, if uh, you know, if if you want to make a positive change, with you know, with your goalkeeper, for instance, that's good. But if you're forced into it, then it's never a great uh, situation. But um, you know. I, with McGregor and, and McLaughlin as well to a certain extent, I don't think either of them are really the, 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 the what we should be looking at in terms of goalkeepers. Uh, they're both potentially great shot stoppers, but it, you know it's all the other things that come with it that, that yeah. are the, the concern. So I mean, you know, but I don't I don't think we'll be changing the goalkeeper uh, anytime this season in terms of the personnel. So it will be one of the two or. Potentially, I suppose, one of the three. Uh, but, you know, at, at this stage, uh, there doesn't look like there's much uh, opportunities for uh, for McCrory. But in terms of the rest of the lineup, um, I was actually quite surprised that Arfield get brought in because despite the fact that he, he's, you know, did so well when he came on at Aberdeen, I think his his main role or his his best role is as an impact player now. Yeah. I mean, I think bringing him on as a sub, you know, it changes the way the, the team operates and in, in certain, certainly in the games that he's been put in uh, recently. And, and you know, that's where he operates better. I don't think him starting a game is necessarily the, the best uh, thing. And I always find it surprising when uh, players get brought on as subs and have an impact, and then then there's a clamour for them to start the next start game. The next you know, game. <laughs> why, why why do that? I mean, why not have that in reserve as your, you know, it's yeah. like, you know, if somebody comes on and can change a game or can, uh, you know, you know, put new life into a game or something, then that's that's a perfectly valid uh, position to be in. So, so you know, why the clamour for players to suddenly start the next game? You know, I've never understood that. And I don't think it really particularly works. I don't think our field was... Was great against uh, Ross County, but uh, but you know he, he, he certainly earned his his wage that last week with his uh, goals at Aberdeen. He surely did, Stuart. I referred to um, I referred to Ben Davies coming in, and I, I I think a lot of people assume that Goldson and Davies. Once we've got once someone waves a magic wand and we've got everyone fit, Utopia. Um, and we know that Goldson and Davies are going to be apparently the, the sort of two centre half pairing that we, we largely expect to see. Um, and I appreciate Davies hasn't been involved that much of late. He got caught out twice in the first half. Um, 
both of which could have led to goals. Uh, first one was the looping cross across to the back post, and McLaughlin makes a, re- makes a really good save, good reflex. Um, but the second one, he got turned quite badly for, for pace, and the guy just screws it wide of the post. Um, I think for a guy that you're sp- spending such a huge amount of money on, through no fault of his, um, you're maybe expecting a bit more solidness from him, if you like. Does that make sense? Yeah, I, I mean, I think um, I think you need to take into account the fact that there is still a kind of finding of feet in, in this one with two centre-backs that have been out and haven't really played that much. And even if it's down to a positional um, sort of thing that, that, that you're not quite sure who's going where at what time or who's, who's going forward, who's maybe taking the central runner or who's peeling off, that, that kind of thing can come into play. And also the fact that he, he just wasn't as much sharp as I think possibly the Rangers management thought he was going to be. It's, yeah. it's fine, you know, looking quite good in training, given the fact that if you're in training with Rangers, you're probably up against guys who are still on the treatment table when you're out on a, the practice pitch. Um, but no, I I think it's I think it's a relationship that will come eventually. Yeah, I mean, I, I think it, it'll be interesting because we know that um, John Shooter's going to come in, um, albeit we, we I don't think we're really entirely sure about how reliable he's going to be. We we know that Halander is going to appear, but we reckon he'll disappear again at the end of the season, and rightly so. It's before you think about guys like Leon King, who I think has been thrown into things this season, um, Ian, and you know he will probably look back at maybe this is his introduction season, and he, the headline will probably be how the Champions League games have formed him, and it's been a really tough lesson for him to to play as a as a centre half for Rangers, hasn't it? Yeah, I mean it's you know obviously it's not the ideal situation for him to come into the team, but you know it, it couldn't be a tougher test. So if yeah. he can come through that and he learns from it then it's, you know, as they say, character building, isn't it? So, you know, it's not what anybody wants to see. It's not what he wants to have to, to do. But, you know, if he can if he can learn from that and, you know, it, it, it helps him become a better player, then, you know, that that's uh, that's a positive to take from it. Um, in terms of the, the centre-half situation, I mean, you know, who, who really knows? I mean, the... the, the mm-hmm. You know, with, with Suter, we don't know what his uh, injury situation is going to be like. I mean, I, I think I read today that he's possibly coming back at the end of the month, but uh, or next month was it? I, yeah. I'm not sure. Um, and Halander, I don't know what the where he is. The, the talk, <laughs> the talk is with Halander. I don't really know, but I mean, you know, again, it's a bizarre one that he seems to be, you know, permanently injured. Um, yeah. I mean, like so many others. I mean, we've just had, you know, it's, it's been, you know incredibly bad luck you'd have to say for for uh, for this season overall uh, the, the injuries we've had and maybe it's ar- arguably it's a, a culmination of events I mean it's the same players I suppose in some ways that have been sort of asked to come back time and time again but th- then Suter's not and and uh, you could hardly say Halander's been overplayed over the last couple of seasons so you know m- maybe that's not the case at all yeah but yeah for, for King you know really you know he's he's, he's done as, as well as 
you would you would expect perhaps in the situation he's been put into because it's not just him playing you know it's who he's been playing with you know it's been yeah. a different partner every week and uh, sometimes it's not even a recognised uh, central defender that or any you know even a, a defender that he's playing with so you know it's uh, it's been a really tough uh, a tough gig for him. You know, stick with you. John Lundstrom came in um, after not starting at Pataudry, started at Dingwall. Um, and he, of course, as we as we now know, he made the difference in the night. Good work from Fashion Scala on the right-hand side. Cut it inside. It was a really good drive from John Lundstrom. I think that is exactly the John Lundstrom that you're looking to see between now and beginning of May. That sort of role of him roaming forward and getting into areas where he can pull the trigger. Yeah, I mean that's that's what that's what you want from a, a defender or a sorry a midfielder like that. We don't want them in defence for a start. I mean, yeah. you know that's you know hopefully that's an emergency and it's 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 been resolved. But we don't want to see him back there. But I also you know he has the ability to to push forward and he can drive forward. We saw it last season as well in, the, in a few occasions where he he got forward and he scored goals. So you know he, we need. That to you know, we need our, our midfielders to be scoring goals. I mean, you know, that that has been part of the problem uh, throughout the, this season is that, that we've not been getting the contribution that we've, we've maybe been hoping for from the midfielders. So, so yeah, definitely want to see him uh, pushing forward more. And Stuart, both guys who who were involved in the goal, Sakala and Lundstrom, I think. Do you know that way? I think both there's a bit of doubt over how Michael Beale was was going to use both these guys indeed if he was going to use them and in, in, in the case of Lundstrom of course Lundstrom was there when Michael Beale was there with, um, with Stephen Gerrard um, how is he going to be but Sakala I think is is a bit of a an unknown for everyone um, both of course are playing under the third Rangers manager and they've only been in the door sort of less than 18 months probably so um, interesting to see those guys used as regularly as what they've been since Michael Beale came back in I do wonder uh, at times when you actually watch these guys if, you know, you're right to point out how many managers have played under um, and, you know, are, are you going by what the manager, a previous manager had told you? I want you as a, a wide guy who yeah. is our outball or I want you to be the guy that peels inside and, you know, has a pop at goal or I want you to stay really wide and just play as an out-and-out winger. And, you know, somewhere along the line, he'll have been instructed as to exactly the role um, he has to play. Whether he's up to playing that role or not is a different story. Um, yeah. But until such times as, you know, I think it, I think it will take these guys. I think it will take them a good, you know, half dozen games to get up to speed to exactly know what Michael Beale is looking yeah. for. Um, it's kind of ironic because I was looking at. I was watching, uh, it came up on social media, Rangers playing Dundee United in 1986, just signed Graham Roberts. Yeah. And, and watching that game and remembering the, you know, the fact that Rangers are a partnership up front of Fleck and McCoist and how you know it, it took the two of them a wee while to actually form a relationship and once they get going they were they were you know they played really well off each other yeah. but initially you know your people basically saying this is you know this guy is not any better than anything else we've got or why are we playing with this guy or x y and z you know and i think sometimes it takes a wee while just for people to find their feet in a system or the manager system yeah 
Yeah, I think I, you know, in the case of Sakala, and I think I've said um, on on Jersnet before, he's a really frustrating. He actually reminds me a lot of Nacho Novo. Um, sign, sorry, sorry, head down, bottom in the air, and just run in some cases, you know. Um, you know, I don't know where you stand on Sakala and how much you expect him to. I mean, there's like it or not, there's an argument at the moment he's been involved through necessity because of the options that Michael Beale has, and we know that he can play on the flanks, we know he can play on the right-hand side. Um, it'll be very interesting to see how he is used once we do have that fuller squad of, of fit players. Yeah, I mean, I think his contribution is going to be if, if at all will be from wide yeah. uh, parts of the pitch. I mean, I don't he, he's not a central uh, striker at all. Uh, I don't I don't think that's uh, his forte. I think coming in from the from the wing uh, and, and cutting inside is, is where he is. Uh, <clears throat> I quite like that con- uh, comparison with Novo. That, that, that's was the difference with, with Novo is that he knew where the goal was and and, and got a lot of goals. You know, yeah. so a lot of his uh, limitations, I suppose, were sort of overshadowed by the fact that he managed to put the ball in the net. Uh, sometimes yeah. you couldn't believe it. He put the ball in the net because he just sort of <laughs> fluked it, basically. But he was there. He was there in front of goal to put it in. And you know that's that's you know ninety percent about what a, a, a goal scorer is about is just being in the right place at the right time and and, yeah. and getting your foot on the ball and putting it in. However, that happens. Uh, Sakala doesn't seem to have that sort of knack really so much. I mean, he you know he's he gets chances and, and misses chances, and you know he's he scored a few goals, but uh, I don't think he's quite as prolific as uh, Novo ever was. Um, so, um, but yeah, I suppose they're, they're both players that are you know that, that were yeah, they wouldn't necessarily in an ideal world you wouldn't necessarily pick them as your first choice in, in your starting eleven, but uh, they have contributions to make. And I, I like Sakala a lot. I think he's. I like his enthusiasm. I like his hard working. I, I like the fact that he's, he doesn't like, you know, he, he keeps his head up and, and that sort of thing. And you know, these are all sort of cliches, but they're also important, you know, signs of character and things like yeah. that. And that, that's what we need. And, and it's at times, and it's something we've been sadly lacking uh, at times over the last season or so. So, um, so yeah, I hope he does well. But I, I, I genuinely think that. In an ideal world where uh, everyone's fit, if that ever happens, and uh, and everyone's playing to the best of their abilities, I don't think he would be a a, a starter, but uh, but certainly has uh, potential to to contribute. Yeah, indeed. Uh, second half comes at Dingwall, and listen, I, I thought I felt the second half was a lot of huffing and puffing um, from both teams. To be perfectly honest with you, I didn't think there was a lot happening at all. Um, Two chances that come to note for me were um, Robin Matondo came off the bench. And I want to speak about him shortly. He had two really good chances, forced out really good save from the Ross County um, goalkeeper, Ross Laidlaw. Uh, it bounced very quickly out to Morelos and he couldn't adjust his feet to, to sort of tap it in. Second one, I felt he was a wee bit lazy with when he was clean through. He's just got to do better with that when he's screaming through and goal with no one near him. Um, Stuart, one thing I think as Rangers fans we always like to see is a young Scottish boy coming through and and sort of living the dream, all that sort of birthday card nonsense. Um, I do wonder why Alex Lowry's maybe not been given more of an opportunity than what Rabbi Matondo is at the moment. Um, excuse me, you're not alone. I think <laughs> I, you know you you only need to sort of have a glance through social media, especially maybe about ten minutes into a match. 
and you suddenly realise this guy's got his own, you know, his own supporters club out there. <laughs> I advocate that he should be starting just about every game. And I, you know, I, I think sometimes, as I said previously, it takes managers a wee while to either get to know who the players are, or the the, the biggest word of all is to trust the players. Yeah. You know, and we've seen this throughout the, the history of, of Rangers, that certain players have taken a hell of a long time to actually crack it under certain managers. But once they do, then they're they're kind of, you know, they're in with the bricks sort of type thing. And I, and I, I, I think he might be one. That as well as the fact that he's still seen as being relatively young and inexperienced. And I think right at this minute in time, a bit like, you know, McCrory and goals, I think Michael Beale would prefer to be slaughtered for using the tried and tested than giving youth its head or its chance and it not coming off for him. I think I think there's maybe a, a bit of a fear factor in there for the manager as well, which means it's not ideal for the player. I've always thought that if you're, you know, you're good enough, you're old enough. Um, yeah, and until such times as that changes or the manager puts a bit more trust in the player, I think it's going to be a frustrating time for for any any youngster just now trying to get into that squad. Yeah, listen, I think you're absolutely right. Ian, I was surprised to see... Um, I was really surprised to see Matondo brought off the bench ahead of Lowry, purely because he's really... We, we now know he's back to a, a standard of fitness where he can he can play, he can be involved, and he's, he's went for, through that injury that he had. Um, it's surprising for someone who is so highly rated to to not be involved um, in a game up at Ross County. With all due respect to Ross County, we were winning. I, I think he could have got sort of 20 minutes in the legs. You, you may see him tomorrow, which I understand. I just wonder if the... And I, I think I know the answer to this myself, but the price tag that we've put out for Matondo almost certainly means that for us to see a return from that, he he needs to play and he needs to get game time, but he has to produce. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I don't know if, uh, if, if managers take that sort of thing into account when they when they pick their team or when they when they put subs on or whatever. Uh, it might be sort of, you know, at the back of their minds somewhere, but, uh, but no, I'm, I, I'm not sure that they would necessarily be thinking about price tags and things like that. I just think it comes down to what Stuart was saying there is that I just think there's maybe a, a well two two strands to it. One is that he doesn't quite know what he can give them yet because he's not seen them enough and hasn't seen them playing. And obviously, the fact he's not playing makes that you know that doesn't really help. Um, but also that uh, you know he doesn't want to throw them into a situation that, that could backfire on the player. And, yeah. You know, there's, you know, every player gets better uh, the more they don't play, you know, the, so, so at the moment, Lowry is, uh, you know, he, there's, there's so many expectations uh, for him that if he doesn't live up to them, then, you know, there, there could be a backlash and people start getting frustrated with him and, and, you know, all that stuff uh, that, that comes with that. And, uh, and maybe I wonder if he's just protecting them a little bit to, to save them for games where, there's less pressure, so so perhaps like like uh, the, the Motherwell game uh, tomorrow is is a, a, a good example of that because you know it, it's a game that he could have a really positive impact on. Yeah, 
but maybe not the, the most demanding opposition that, that, that he could face. So um, I think maybe that's perhaps more of what, uh, what the, the manager's thinking about, but uh, in terms of him. In terms of Matondo, I mean, I just think he's one of these players that I think I personally think we've seen the best we're going to see from him. I don't I don't think yeah. him he's going to uh, give him a run in the team suddenly become a better a much better player. I think he's he's uh, yeah he is he is what he is, and and I think we've probably yeah. seen the best of him uh, so far. And you know I would I would be surprised again a bit a bit like Sakala. I'd be surprised if he's a, a regular starter or uh, even a regular uh, player coming on from the bench uh, when we're all up to full fitness. I, I, sure. I don't know if so. I don't know if he would agree or not. But there's also the thing with managers about players being your player. You know, if, if you've introduced them, therefore you have the confidence level in them, and you'll give them a, maybe a bit more of a chance. Whereas, if you introduce somebody who was basically drafted in by a previous manager, you're always a bit wary about you not quite seeing what other people saw in them. But I, I've seen that, you know. The more managers that you chop and change with, the more you see that with young players. I think young players really suffer from from that kind of thing because it, you know a manager is down. You know what can I start to make? He's down to results, and he's not got to take a chance and basically saying, "Right, I'm going to give all this uh, 17, 18, 19 year olds a, a go here because the rest of you have let me down badly." You're going to start with the tried and tested. Yeah. Absolutely. Stuart, it's interesting to hear you and indeed both Ian refer no, to... No see me anyway, that's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> it's interesting to hear you refer to things and you indeed use words like reliability and, and trust as far as sort of youth is concerned. Um, two words instantly spring to mind when we talk about Adam Devine, who I, I think it's safe to say we, we know at the moment he's in there. Similar to others in the start of the living just now, incidentally, are in there down to necessity because there's just no one else to play. However, um, the way that that right back is playing at left back, um, I think in the last three games has been really impressive. And he had his best game at Rangers jersey up at Dingwall last week. Yeah. I mean, I, I think he's done himself a lot of favours over the last few games. Um, I wasn't quite sure. I, I have never seen him playing uh, for the youth team or uh, any, any previously, so I've only seen had previously only seen very fleeting glimpses of him. So I wasn't really sure what to expect from him. But I don't think he's he's not you know the finished article by any stretch of the imagination. Yeah. And the fact that he's playing out of position probably hasn't helped him many. But the the fact, the, the, like you say, the fact that he's playing, he's played relatively well, and especially in the last game, I think played really well uh, out of position. You know, yeah. it's, it says a lot for him. You know, he's, you know, it's it, it is difficult playing at fullback when you're uh, when you're playing on the, the wrong foot, if you like. So, uh, you know, he's 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 done well, and I think he's uh, he's definitely you know he's staking a claim. I mean, again, come back to that old debate about uh, Tavernier is is he you know undroppable, which which <laughs> everyone seems to seems to think he is, and you know quite. Quite rightly, no matter how you know badly he plays, he, he he's a leader and he's he's the captain and he and he usually steps up to the plate and and you know he's he's there and he's sh- he's shown lots of character. So I wouldn't drop him personally, but I know there's a, a lot of people who, who who think he should be. So if if and when we're we're in this, this stage of the season where uh, where uh, where we can take a few more chances, then perhaps he will get a, a run it right back as well. 
Yeah, listen, a right, a right-footed left back. Um, Penny for your thoughts, Dennis Irwin. I remember being probably Dennis Irwin, who played left back for Man United, and he, he couldn't use his his left foot particularly well. So, but listen, I I think um, Adam Devine has been has been really good, and I think considering Borna Barisic is now back in the country and training well and available for selection, indeed tomorrow and for the Old Firm game in the second, um, I think it'll be interesting to see what Michael Beale. Um, does he's definitely got a couple of decisions to make? Um, Stuart, I want to come to you next. One of the things that I think we have noticed as supporters is the the openness and the general change in tact that we're getting at press conferences and the information that we're getting in press conferences. Um, supporters, as 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 fans, we love that because that's what we're looking for. Sort of good communication, lots of info. Um, something to go and speak to your pals about and indeed do what we do. Um, from your perspective, um, a media man, what, what's, what is that like? What's, what's, how do you think the change in tack affects what you guys do Monday to Friday, having a, a, a guy that's sort of changed the ways from what Gio done? Um, I think it's I, I, I think it's frustrating for newspaper guys because you're, you're always looking for direct access for certain things and when you are denied that and you see others getting access who are not necessarily all, all because it's, there's a, there's an element of paranoia in all of this that <laughs> newspaper guys can't be trusted because um, they might have their own ideas or you know might put their own thoughts down in paper. Yeah. Whereas other people, I think right at this minute in time, are in there and being given access without actually criticising anybody. Yeah. Without actually without actually making the demands that the press would make. And right. and I think that is an not only an unlevel playing field, I don't think it's particularly helpful. I think I think at times you have to hold people to account. And and I think the you know that accountability hasn't been there at times when the the board has come under particular scrutiny. You yeah. know, I, I I look for instance at the, the amount of money, you know, the twenty seven zillion pounds that Rangers were going to make from the Europa League and the Champions League qualification. And then it was like, oh, well, it was never actually going to be that. Well, why did you perpetrate that myth time and time and time again? Yeah. If I had been a journalist and somebody had been telling me that, you know, off camera, I would have absolutely lost the plot with whoever yeah. was sitting at the other side of the table telling me these things because basically they're, they are untruths. and, and Fabricating. You know, well, <laughs> fa- fa- fabricating, I, I, I would prefer to look upon it and give people the benefit of the doubt and just see they've been economical with the yeah. facts and the, the real detail. Um, you know, I've I've had this several times over. I've had some, you know, blazing rows at Ibrox when Archie Knox was um, Walter's assistant. Um, I still got on fine with, with, with Archie. He stopped threatening me. Um, <laughs> but it's it was like, you know, you, you have to basically tell some, you know, explain to people at different times. I am not here to try and stitch you up. I'm, I'm here to try and get an element of fact and detail into whatever I'm, I'm, I'm writing. So yeah. I don't look the idiot or look the fool because all that happens then is, and I, and I don't, I, I don't think anybody's worked this one out. If I, I, I use the analogy, if you remember a couple of years back, 
you had Andy Murray um, playing tennis and it was everybody's favourite and all of a sudden everybody turned against him. Coincidentally, at the same time, he became a Sun columnist. Now, if if, if, if you are, are, are only... A, you know, using one portal. Don't expect other people to play ball with you if you're giving all your best lines to somebody else. Yeah. Yeah, entirely fair. Absolutely. Um, yeah, there's a there's a distinct change of tact, and I think anyone looking in can. And do you know what I mean? We're just basic laymen. You know what I mean? You're in that game. It's your bread and butter. From from outsiders looking in, it's quite obvious that there's a there's a a real change in approach. Um, since the new guy came in, listen, he 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 done his press conference for Motherwell tomorrow night. He done it this afternoon. Um, couple of headlines. He he spoke about the injury that Stephen Davis um has sustained. We'll come to that a little bit later on. Looks a a real bad one by all accounts. Operation to to come in January. Not good news at all. Um, Kemal Roof, you'll remember him. Um, he is back training as is a uh, Anthony Cholak potentially available for selection tomorrow. I think a lot will depend on um, how training will go um, sort of during the day or certainly tomorrow morning. John Suter, Ian, absolutely back at the end of January is the is the latest as, as things stand just now. And also for tomorrow, um, Alan McGregor and, and Borna Barisic available. Uh, Ian, a lot to unpack there. I, I think the, the big headline without going into the Davis thing, which we'll come to shortly, um, two more strikers available, which I think is really handy going into a really important couple of games. Yeah, I mean, I think it's essential, isn't it? I mean, you know, I think we all know that Morelos at his best is our best striker, but to be perfectly honest, he's not been at his best and, no. and nowhere near it um, at all. Um, so, you know, the guy who's been scoring the goals is Cholak and he's coming back. So, you know, that that's good news. And and with Roof, again, you know, it's been an important player in the past. He's uh, struggled a lot with uh, different injuries uh, over the last six months to a year, perhaps. And again, I think, you know, what, We've missed him as a as a player who can make a positive contribution up front. But that, I mean, the biggest problem has just simply been that we're just lacking in numbers, and and yeah. you know, there's no competition, you know, the, the, or very little competition for for certain positions, and uh, you know, the players just haven't been performing for whatever reason, haven't been performing up to the standard that they we were, were expecting of them. So. Um, the more players who come back, and the more that there is competition, and the more the you know the players aren't uh, you know being played out of position or, or whatever uh, to, to accommodate that, the better you know. And, and uh, I mean the, the the only thing I would say is a downside to it, uh, if you can call it a downside. I suppose is I feel that these play, the return of these players is probably going to mean that we're not going to be bringing anyone in in the transfer window. Yeah. Uh, and I think that, that you know that 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 dreaded phrase is. Uh, Michael Beale's already used it. It'll be like having new sign, three new signings coming back. You know, <laughs> the, the, you know, I couldn't believe he actually said it because it's such a cliche. But it's, uh, <laughs> it's, you know, that's the way it looks to me. Now I don't know whether you could look at it two ways because you know you could almost say that this season's a write-off already, even though we're only at Christmas. I mean, I personally think they're probably not going to win the league. Uh, I think that's probably not been too, you know. Uh, dramatic over it, um, but the, there is other elements to the season as well. There's two trophies to be won as well, so and, and we want to start building for next season. The question is, 
do we spend money now uh, bringing players in because the, the January uh, window is not necessarily the, the the best time to bring new players in or do we hang fire identify the players we want and bring them in in the summer um, so you know there's two ways of looking at it but it certainly it feels to me as if the way things are going that the, the won't the return of these players probably means that we're not going to necessarily be uh, be uh, dipping into the transfer market in any significant way in the, in the January window. Stuart, interesting to hear Michael Beale refer to um, bronze medal winner Borna Barisic coming back and being fit and, and ready to go. There was obviously comments attributed to him last week that he was shattered and knackered because of all the football he played across in Qatar. Um, I do wonder if he's someone who we may see just drifted straight back into that left-back position tomorrow, regardless of the form of Adam Devine, considering the Celtic game is, is so close now. Yeah, I, I, you know, I think he, I, I, go back, I go back to the phraseology I used several minutes ago, tried and tested. Yeah. Um, he, he seemed to be the default setting at left-back, and I don't see why that would change. You know, you're right. If anything, Michael Beale has just built a guy up by giving him, you know, a bit like Motley looking for a medal. It's like medal, medal. You know, <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're a you're a third place finisher in the World Cup. Um, therefore, you have to be good. The fact that you were in and out of the team, a squad member, that kind of thing, it seems to have been lost. But I, I, I do think he, the, the one thing you'll get from Barisic is a hundred plus percent effort maybe yep. not always in the direction that you actually require it but I, and I also think that it gives the, the the problem you have or the issue you have with Devine playing at the right a right footed player playing at left back is they will always stop and cut back inside whereas a left footed player will drive to the byline or if he gets half a yard, he will deliver a cross. And I think that's one of Barisic's strengths. And therefore, loading the ball into the box is something that Rangers need to do if they want to score goals. So I've always been, I'm always kind of wary of players with this sort of, if you like, wrong foot playing in a certain position. And I think fullback is one that doesn't lend itself great unless they're really unless you're somebody who actually can cut back inside and then drive in towards the penalty area, I think that's maybe slightly different. But all in all, I would always go for a left back who, who could deliver a, a quick cross and get the ball into the box. Yeah. No, I, I listen, I agree with you. It's true what, what you say there, Stuart, and indeed what you see, and I, all of a sudden there seems to be um, options. There, there are options that are coming back, and they are coming back at a... At a a very interesting time. And left back is is one that I'm interested to see just exactly how he deals with it. Before we do a little bit about Stephen Davis, I should say hello to Zenith Coins who are supporting us this season. Um, they are the official supplier of the Rangers Club coin. Each gold-plated coin has a unique serial number engraved on the outer rim, comes complete with a Rangers presentation box and a certificate of authenticity. Rangers legends such as Mr McCoyst, Derek Johnston, Marvin Andrews, Tom Stokeman, the world's strongest man who was on the telly this afternoon, big guy. Uh, Gordon Ramsay has one as well. They all afford, they all own that official Rangers Club coin. If you can check them out, all the W's.zenithcoins.com. Ian, Stephen Davis, bad news. Um, if this injury is bad, this what social media was was sort of 
branding about, um, there's a real risk you might not see him play for Rangers again. Yeah, I mean, I think that probably is, uh, sadly, is possibly the case. I mean, it, it certainly sounds uh, like a bad one. He's, uh, he's going for an operation, I think, in the next few days. So, um, you know, the, the recovery time and then getting back to fitness, you know, you would have to assume that his, his age and his stage of his career that it's, uh, it's one of these things that uh, could be the, could be the, Sort of full stop to his uh, his career at Rangers, um, or potentially his, his career full stop. Um, you would hope that if he wants to do it, that there would be a place for him uh, uh, on the coaching staff if that's uh, something he's uh, he's keen to do. Uh, and if uh, he, you know, he's he's certainly got lots to to offer to the to the younger uh, the younger members of the squad, if nothing else. Um, but. Uh, yeah, it'd be a sad day if uh, because I mean over, you know over the years he's he's one of these players that sometimes goes under the radar a wee bit because you know he's not necessarily the most spectacular of players uh, and, and you know he's he's fairly quiet and, and you know he's he's not you know going to cause a lot of controversy so sometimes you know he, he gets a little bit uh, forgotten about but you know his contribution over, over you know you could you could argue over two periods uh, he's uh, has has been immense uh, and and is. You know, when when he does hang up his boots, whenever that is, uh, whether it's this season or, or next, then I hope uh, I hope he gets the the, the the amount of credit he deserves for it. Because yeah. you know he's, he's he's been a real a real uh, strong contributor to Rangers over the years and, and, and internationally as well. He's 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 been quite a, a, a you know a major player as well. So uh, you know, it'd be a sad day if when he when he does hang up his boots, and it's a shame if it, if it ends. Uh, like this through injury, then that that would be a real shame for him. So just sure. the point, that, so the point that Ian makes there is absolutely spot on. <clears throat> I mean, only a guy of a certain vintage and a certain age, and he's never shirked playing for Northern Ireland either. Whereas yeah. other guys, aged you know, early thirties, are suddenly uh, no longer available for the, their 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 country because they want to look after the you no know, extend their career. If anything, he's played even more football the further his career's gone on. And I, and I think that's a tremendous testament to the guy's one of his fitness levels over that period, but also his his determination to, to keep going and his his commitment to keep going, be that for either club or country. And 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 this would really be a, for me it'd be a really sad end. I'm I'm still of a generation that remembers these kind of in, injuries were career ending, whether you liked it or not, because there wasn't any you know. There wasn't any operations you could suddenly have, um, and it was. Yeah, it, it's 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 happened at a time where, at the back of his mind, he might have been thinking, "How much more do I have to give as a professional?" And all of a sudden, that decision might be taken away from him, which actually might make it easier for him to just to say, "No, I've had enough," or. And this would be a real, you know, feather in the cap if he did come back from this, given how bad the injury is supposed to be. Yeah. I mean, that would that would just cement everything I'd said previously about this guy being so so determined and so um into you know, like almost like tunnel vision to actually just keep going because he wants to strive to be the best he ever could be, regardless of age. I think as well, Stuart, one of the things that I've often thought about Stephen Davis um, 
is just the the, the sort of how influential he is perhaps in and around the, the sort of training centre on a daily basis. Listen, he hasn't been used as regular as what he perhaps not should have been because I think it's time is catching up as it as it tends to do. Um, however, you can't. He has a. I'm sure he has an influence in and around the the dressing room that you just can't possibly underestimate. You referred rightly to his um, his professionalism around his sort of international desires to to sort of play and be available to play as and when they needed them. Um, I think that itself um, is huge. And guys, like I mean, you look at we we spoke about youngsters. Um, tonight on the podcast, Adam Devine, um, Alex Lowry, I, I think instantly Charlie McCann, Northern Irish guy. He, he must be someone who, Stephen Davis must be someone who he looks up to as far as, you know, if I want to have half as good a career as, as what he's done, he's the model. He's who I need to copy. He's who I need to replicate. Yeah, no, no, I, I, I would agree with you there. Another thing is, I don't think he's the kind of guy who's particularly demonstrative. I think he's one of these guys who, if he speaks to you, you will listen because he's not the kind of guy who would be in your face. He would actually, you know, take you to one side almost and explain situations and scenarios and tell you what he's looking for. I mean, I think he's a, I think he's one of these guys that would qualify as an American football as a vice captain you know, you've got your, your, your captains in various areas, and I think yeah. he'd be one of the guys that would actually be a be the captain. I know it's Scott Arfield that does the salutes, but you know, I think <laughs> I think Davis is the guy who is 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 working behind the scenes. And and to be to be honest, I think it would make it's down to him, but and he's either his rehab or his recovery or or whatever. Um, I, I think it would make a, a fantastic addition to the coaching staff. That is, if he's wanted or needed. Yeah, I mean, when you, when you compare him, I suppose, uh, with uh, uh, someone like uh, Jermaine Defoe, I mean, that's exactly the same kind of, yeah, you know, the same kind of qualities that he's got there. That, and, and the, you know, you've got the, just the fact that what he's achieved in the game over the over a long period of time, and the, you know, the professionalism is, as we've touched on already, and and you know. That, that's what you want. You want that level of professionalism around the club. You want player the younger players to be able to have someone like that to look up to. So I, I didn't the, the coaching thing with Defoe didn't really work out. Really, I, I don't really know what was going on with that. But uh, but well, I think with Stephen Davis, you get a different something different uh, in terms of uh, his contribution uh, off the pitch. Uh, but I think they're, they're similar. The, their, their role models, you know that that and you know for the players who are who are there already, you know then and, and I think that you know they could really uh, he, he could really come come into his own uh, in that side of things. I've often yeah. wondered. Sorry, so I, 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 okay. I've often wondered career wise. You can only go for so long, you know. And you see, we did see guys like you know Stuart McCall and all the rest of it. Goffey playing into their late thirties, forties. But I always thought that, that Steve Davis is one of these guys who quietly goes about his his business but people take notice of what he's actually done and he's achieved I mean in Northern Ireland amongst you know several of my, my contacts over there I mean they're heartbroken that this, that this could happen to such a nice guy um, and but they, they've all said they've all they've thought about this where does he go at the end of his career management and coaching might be one of the avenues It'll be interesting to see if Steve Davis 
if Steve Davis approaches management or coaching in the same way as he's approached his career, then there will be several managers and coaches looking over their shoulder um, because I think he will go about it his way and do it to the best of his ability. But also, I think he's got such a back catalogue of knowledge and experience that others can't touch upon. Yeah, absolutely. It was really interesting. Scott Arfield was the guy that was put up for the um, Motherwell press conference today and he was asked, numerous questions about about Steve Davis and he used them um, used the word sort of respected and it's it's quite clear Michael Beale spoke about it as well of course as we said earlier on um he's a really highly respected member of the playing staff in and around the 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 training center whether he's involved or not so um listen I think that the the closing thing I would like to say is I think the Rangers support obviously wish him all the best in, in a recovery and we hope of course that it indeed isn't the end of his playing career. One last thing that the Rangers review quoted today on Twitter um, Michael Beale said in midfield there is a little bit of uncertainty. I think it's fair to say it's an area we are looking to improve upon so um, in January I, I would fully expect us to to dip into to that midfield pool and try and improve things a little bit that will just about wrap up for us tonight Ian thanks for coming on Pleasure. enjoy the remainder of your night and your your break are you are you back into sort of a day job this week no back back to work tomorrow in fact and then, oh, uh, and then I'm off for the weekend so yeah back. Stuart good to have you on of course your, your, your day job never stops does it my several day jobs never stop. <laughs> it's, um, I, I don't think there's anybody in this in the industry now has one one particular job. Um, I, I don't mention some of them simply because I want to keep it for myself. <laughs> <laughs> Brilliant. Thanks for coming on. It's good to have you on. Um, we should say, listen, lots coming up, of course. Um, Motherwell tomorrow, Ibrox. I'm sure that potentially Colin and Eck will do a, a post-match skit um, from Ibrox after the match tomorrow hopefully it's to celebrate three points and of course we'll have our build up to the Old Firm game um, on the 2nd of January thanks to Brian in the background for doing the direction for us, we'd appreciate it, we couldn't do it without him and we should say we hope that Frankie is over the shits I think is the, is the only word we can say for it um, thanks very much for taking time out to watch tonight don't forget to check us out on the socials or right across social media if you can check us out there and you can jump on to our fans forum as well all the w's.gelsnet.co.uk thanks for watching good night <laughs>